Welcome to the FemiPod. These are conversations about females for everyone to listen to, learn from and engage with. Brought to you by your Femi founders, Esther Kewen and myself, Lydia O'Donnell. Pod. This is episode number 27. Thank you so much for joining us this week and every week. This week we're going to be chatting about menstrual cycle physiology and how as coaches we actually adapt our training to those hormonal fluctuations that happen throughout the month. We have done a couple of podcasts before on menstrual cycle physiology and talked about the phases, but we're just going to touch on them again today, but talk more about it, how we can actually adapt our training to actually suit how our female bodies are working. But before we get into things, I do have the incredible Esther here with me. Esther, how are you? What's been going on? Uh, yeah, I'm okay. Obviously, coming back from COVID has been pretty rough. Like I, I try to follow the guidelines pretty well and listen to my body, but it's still just not really playing ball yet. So yeah, I've booked in to see a doctor and just going to get some checkups. But yeah, struggling a bit with not being able to run now I think it's getting to the point where I'm definitely struggling but I think it's a good reminder you know I was looking at some people that I look up to and running and they've gone through similar such as this lady called Fast Kate on Instagram she's got some good posts if anyone is struggling out there but like yeah just reminded that right now is just one moment in time and we'll get through it and eventually our bodies will bounce back and we can get back into training but yeah just struggling struggling a little bit I know that you are as well. <laughs> We're in it together a little bit at the moment. Uh, but apart from that, yeah, just building my empire of animals. So got two new kittens uh, called Lil and Sweetie. And the reason I call them that is because every time I see an animal, I go, oh, hi, little Sweetie. And so <laughs> I called the little black one Lil and I called uh, the tabby one Sweetie. Yeah, so now we've got three animals and just going to keep building Uh eventually we'll have a whole sanctuary which will be awesome and then just working with you obviously Liz how you been how you feeling yeah we're definitely in the same boat with the COVID comeback it's taking a lot longer than I imagined to feel good like I know we did that episode on COVID a couple of weeks ago and we had so much amazing feedback so thank you to everyone who did message us and let us know they listened and they got something out of that but yeah it's um I thought I probably would feel a little bit better by now I'm still not training to the degree that I would usually be it's still a lot less but um, I'm not feeling fantastic even running slow and short so I think it's an expectation thing as well which I've talked to my athletes a lot about who have suffered from COVID the expectation of when you come back into training um, like we mentioned in the last episode when you're injured it's a lot easier because you have an expectation of how long it's going to take to be recovered and be able to get back into your normal regular training whereas with sickness especially with COVID it's kind of that unknown so if you have suffered from COVID or you are suffering, having no expectation as to when you're going to be back is a really good thing because it just allows you to relax a little bit more and not put so much pressure on yourself to be back training to the point where you want to be training. And it's something that, yeah, both you and I continue to remind ourselves about is like, don't focus on how fast or how far we're going to be running in the next six weeks, but let's think about the next six months and where we can be just to give our bodies the time to actually recover properly because we know that it 
is a big risk if we come back too soon. So just taking our time there. So I'm still enjoying training, but probably not the way that I used to enjoy it. Like it is hard to run, especially when I have to go up a hill. Um, that's really, <laughs> really tough. But even just going out and, you know, running 10, 20 minutes and sweating and being able to get some form of endorphins happening has been nice and yeah being inducted by the beach has been good for the soul as well so I'm doing good but yeah works obviously with us working together and I got to go back to New Zealand last week and spend some time with US and it was awesome we've got some really exciting things on the horizon so that is absolutely keeping us going at the moment and those exciting things will be announced pretty soon so stick with us yeah we've got some really cool things happening uh, but this week we wanted to chat around pretty much why we built Femi and the basics behind why we started Femi around teaching women about their menstrual cycle. So we want to dive a little bit deeper into actually the physiology of the menstrual cycle, which we have done an episode with our doctor, Dr. Izzy Smith, previously around the physiology of the menstrual cycle and female hormones. So we want to touch a little bit more on that, but from a coach's perspective and how we actually try to adapt our athletes training and our own training around our menstrual cycles and those hormonal fluctuations that happen throughout the month. So that's what we're going to chat about today. Let's start off Est around the importance of tracking our cycle. It's probably one of the most beneficial things that I think any female can do. But do you want to just chat more about like why we want to track our cycle and what that can do for not only our physical health, but our mental health as well? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, the first thing that we've we've covered off in a few of our episodes, obviously, is the risk of losing your cycle. So I think number one is tracking your cycle allows you to see irregularities and changes. So I think we probably all know now the risk of losing your cycle is you know, there's some long-term health effects that come alongside relative energy deficiency syndrome in sports. So it's one of those things that by tracking, you're able to see, okay, this month was 28, 28, 28, and then suddenly it's 24. And then the next month it's 19. And then you can start to think, okay, why is something changing here? Am I not fueling enough? Am I overstressed? Is my training too hard? You can start to look at elements of your life. And I guess, yeah, it shows you if you are, doing everything right to keep your menstrual cycle uh, regular and uh, know that you're fueling enough for your training and it's going to help long-term with recovery and and performance as well so I think that's like number one is definitely being able to see if there's any changes in your cycle Uh, but I think another thing a really big thing for me is I used to find I had a lot of different uh, performances so I would train and perform really well one week And then the next week I would train and perform really poorly and I would beat myself up and be like, what is wrong with me? Like, how did I lose so much fitness in a week? Or, you know, I think I've said it before, but I ran this 5k once and I ran 18 minutes for the 5k. And for me, I was pretty gutted with that. Uh, It's obviously, I know that is still relatively quick, but for me, I was a little bit uh, disappointed and, you know, then I had my period three days later And then I ran a 10K seven days after that. And I went through the 5K in 18 minutes and I ran 36 flat. So I was like, well, I just ran the exact same thing for double the distance. And the reason was that pre-period for me tends to be a time when I feel quite, I do struggle a wee bit. But then when I'm in that follicular phase, so the first 
half of my cycle, I feel really good. And I think just knowing that, you know, part of the reason for me running that way was my hormones. And although there's interventions you can do to reduce symptoms, I don't think I'd done them that month. And that gave me a kick up the butt to really, you know, focus on those certain things I can do to make sure that uh, I can still perform well in that pre-period phase. Because in other times I've actually run my personal best for a 1500 four days before my period. So as long as I'm doing things right and I'm able to see where I am in my cycle, I think it allows me a little bit more acceptance around how I perform and how I feel. But then it also gives me a reminder to do everything possible uh, to make sure that I can perform well during that part of my cycle. Uh, So I think those are probably really big ones for me. Yeah, I think like the educational piece of actually learning where you're at in your cycle and what that actually means for how your body's actually functioning has been really powerful for me. I think understanding that we do have these hormonal fluctuations and they are going to impact how you feel each day, how you absorb the training, how you get through the training has allowed me to adapt the training to actually how I feel and making sure I'm doing the right training on the right day. And it's a big part of what we do at Femi with our athletes is making sure that we're giving our athletes the right training for where they're at in their cycle. And I think by tracking your cycle and by adapting your training to your cycle, it actually allows you to not only get fitter and faster and improve your performance, it actually allows you to build confidence in your body as well. I think there's a huge part of confidence being built around education and understanding um, how you know systems are being processed and the female endocrine system is one system we should all understand because once you do understand it you can actually embrace it and be confident if you do have that natural cycle and you do get your regular period once a month or whatever how many days your cycle is Um, I think it allows you to like start celebrating your period and celebrating your systems and celebrating your cycle, which is a really big part of being female. So for me, tracking my cycle allows me to adapt my training, like I said, to the um, to where my hormones are at. So I know, you know, in the first half of my cycle, we'll go into more depth into the soon, but like by using that low hormone phase to push my body and train hard it means that when the hormones are higher I can actually recover more which at the end of the day that's how you're going to get better is giving your body the right programming for where your body is at I think it's a powerful tool that we can all use to um, to get fitter and faster and stronger if you're trying to push your body through some really tough sessions, whether it's in the gym or on the track or any sport that you play, when your body's not in the position to do so, it actually puts your body into a deeper hole that's hard to get out of. And you're actually going to be sacrificing future training, future opportunity to get fitter and faster because you're not giving your body the right training for where your hormones are at. So hopefully that makes sense. We'll go into more detail, but it's just such an amazing way to actually start tailoring your training for you. It's, it's the most personal training that you can possibly do because it's literally built to where your hormones are. And by doing that, you're going to get fitter and faster, build confidence in your body and actually feel empowered in who you are. And I think at Femi, we obviously train all of our women to their cycle. If they have a cycle, um, if they have that natural cycle, and we know where they're at on their day, we do so. Um, but it's so much more than just tracking their cycle and telling them where their hormones are at and then basing their training on it. A lot of it is about building that confidence and 
trying to allow females to feel empowered in their bodies and focusing on what their bodies can do in terms of performance versus what they look like. And that's the underlying message, but learning about your menstrual cycle is just one step that you can take to actually feel empowered in in your body. Definitely. Yeah. I love that. I think that's one of the things that I've gained the most about with tracking my cycle and also with working with the woman that I, that we work with at Femi or the athletes that they feel more empowered in who they are because the training matches how they feel and therefore they're not pushing through. They're not digging themselves a hole, like you said, and then getting mad at themselves when they can't do trainings that are set for them because potentially their hormones are in a, in a certain state where they, they can't hit those times. And I'm not saying that you can't race well, but I'm saying, like Lydia said, you do need more recovery in the luteal phase. And if you push really, really, really hard throughout the whole phase, then you can dig yourself a hole and you can't quite perform as well as you should the next follicular phase. So it's more of an acknowledgement of where your body is at, training the right way of where your hormones are at, and then you'll see the results as the cycles continue to flow through. So I think for me, yeah, and I know the ladies that I coach, it's been a really empowering uh, training program for them. They feel more confident in who they are. They feel validated in how they're feeling and the training matches the energy levels that they have uh, during their cycle, which is really cool to hear. But like Lid said, knowing your menstrual cycle and knowing your physiology is just one step in building your confidence in yourself because you know your body better, you know why you feel certain ways and you've got that power of knowing where you are in your cycle. So yeah, that's like why we started Femi, but there's so much more to it than just actually tracking your cycle and training to it. Yeah, and I think a really good way to understand like the idea of periodized training and making sure you're pushing when you feel good and pulling it back when you don't is, you know, you look at a generic training program, say a man's training program or probably most training programs, if you're not being coached by Femi, would follow the same sort of process of they have, you know, two or three hard days a week, a couple of like really easy days and then maybe some moderate days that's like periodized training across the week. And I think for females, it's important to not just periodize your training across the week or towards a race. It's important to periodize your training throughout the month. And that's where you're going to get the benefit. So focusing on week one and two being a little bit harder, week three being moderate, week four being easy, and then starting back to week one again. Like if you can periodize your training that way, you're going to get the most out of your body and you're actually going to improve your performance, which we've got great examples of like just for me personally I've been running to and training to my menstrual cycle for a couple of maybe three almost three years now and in the last couple of years even though there's been very limited racing I've been able to break my 5k 10k half and full marathon pb and I really put a lot of that down to actually just working with my body and making sure I'm doing the right training for my hormones um, and making sure that it's all periodized around that so we know that there hasn't been a huge amount of research in this space and there's not, there hasn't been a lot of cases that have been proven to show this actually works, but within ourselves and within our athletes, it's great examples of when you actually learn about your body and pay more attention to your body. And it's, it's that old saying of like, listen to your body, but it takes that even further by actually understanding your body as well. We've actually been seeing such amazing results from working with our athletes and ourselves this way as well. So And saying all of that, let's jump in a little bit deeper into actually how the menstrual cycle works. So we're just going to break down the phases of the menstrual cycle. 
we don't want to make this too in-depth because if you haven't listened to Dr. Izzy's podcast, we suggest that you go back and listen to it because she does break it down in a really deep way. Um, But we're just going to touch on the basics here. So with the menstrual cycle, we break it into days and the first day of the menstrual cycle is the first day of your period. So it's the first day of your bleed. And we call this phase the follicular phase. So the menstrual cycle is essentially broken into two major phases. And within those two major phases, there's four subphases. Three of those subphases being in the first half of the cycle. So the follicular phase is that overarching phase of the first half of the cycle. And within the follicular phase, it's broken into three subphases, menstrual phase, the follicular phase, which is kind of the bridge phase between menstruation and ovulation. And then there's the ovulation phase. So that sounds a little bit confusing, but we're just going to break it into those three subphases. So going from the menstrual phase is um, when you are actually on your period and you're actually bleeding. So that might be three days, it might be five days, it might be seven days, depending on how long your period lasts for. And then we go into the follicular phase, which leads us into ovulation. So the start of the follicular phase is when our female hormones are at their lowest. So our female hormones being estrogen and progesterone, our key dominant female hormones are those two female hormones. And through the follicular phase, especially through menstruation is when those, both those hormones are at their lowest. So we call it the low hormone phase. And when those hormones are at their lowest, we actually tend to push our athletes a little bit harder. And we'll talk more about that in depth um, and relate it to our training soon. But through menstruation and the follicular phase, hormones tend to stay quite low. And then as we go into ovulation, the dominant hormone during this phase is estrogen. So estrogen rises from around days 9, 10, 11, depending on the athlete, and goes always all the way through to about day 14 and 15. And estrogen is the hormone that is in control of releasing the eggs. So hence why we call that ovulatory phase. That's when the female goes through into ovulation. So as estrogen rises and peaks around day 14, it then drops off before we get back into the luteal phase. So although estrogen does rise throughout the follicular phase and into ovulation, we still like to call it the low hormone phase because as we go into the luteal phase, which yes, we'll chat about soon, progesterone remains low all the way through that follicular phase. So I guess the key, the uh, key points through follicular phases is broken into those three subphases, menstrual phase, follicular phase, ovulatory phase. Hormones stay pretty low all the way through to about day 19 and then um, estrogen begins to rise, peaks around day 14 before it drops off, before it heads into the luteal phase, which Est, I'll hand ball over to you. So the luteal phase, like Lyd said, is the second half of the cycle. So there's the two main phases, the follicular and the luteal phase. So the luteal phase starts after ovulation. Uh, So basically estrogen drops a little bit and then rises again, but it will never peak as high as it did in ovulation. So it'll still be a little bit lower than that uh, peak around ovulation. But the main dominant hormone in the luteal phase is progesterone. So progesterone is uh, what they call the pregnancy hormone. And it's kind of like a nesting hormone, I guess you could call it. It uh, makes your core temperature a little bit higher, uh, which can also make performance in heat or a really long training feel a little bit harder uh, and it basically builds up the lining of the uterus so that's uh, progesterone sort of uh, goal there is to have that uterine lining ready if a egg gets fertilized and you become pregnant obviously that's not going to happen every cycle 
So progesterone rises uh, and peaks anywhere from day four or five from your period. So you could call that day 24 or day 23 of a 28 day cycle, it will peak. And then once you uh, obviously aren't pregnant, so this is if you didn't become pregnant in that cycle, uh, progesterone and estrogen will both drop away all the way down into your next period. So the, the luteal phase, we can kind of break up into that really high hormone phase and then they are uh, the hormones dropping away and that can tend to lead to a little bit of PMS symptoms. So if you do have any PMS, uh, that's mainly linked to the fact that your hormones are dropping away and you are used to having these high hormones for a little bit and it can make you feel a little bit rubbish uh, depending on if you uh, get those symptoms or not. So some of the things that progesterone is linked to, yeah, like I said, is increased core temperature, uh, it can be linked to fatigue, increased appetite, low mood, and other PMS symptoms women experience. And the thing with progesterone, which I think is why women are so different, and some women are really affected by their cycle and performance, and some aren't so much, is that women individually can vary up to six times in their progesterone levels. So that's a huge difference. And when you think about what progesterone does to you, what I linked, what I listed before, that can have a much different effect on one woman than another, depending on her progesterone levels. So another aspect is that you have to ovulate to get that peak in progesterone. So progesterone is uh, is released from the corpus luteum, which is surrounding the egg. So basically, when you ovulate and the egg uh, is released that cracks open and then progesterone is released from that egg. So the reason that we say if your cycle starts to get irregular, it's quite often that potentially you didn't ovulate and then progesterone levels aren't rising and that's why you get a change in the cycle length. So that's why, again, it's super important to track your cycle and see if there's any changes there. So again, the key points from the luteal phase are that estrogen dips initially after ovulation then rises slightly. Progesterone is the main dominant hormone or sex, female sex hormone in the luteal phase. And that peaks anywhere from five to four days before your next period. And then as they drop away progesterone and estrogen, we can feel a little bit rubbish if we do get those PMS symptoms. Uh, and then you get your cycle again. And that marks the start of the follicular phase. So that's kind of, yeah, both, both of the phases broken up and how we sort of look at it with our training at FEMI. Yeah, so what Esther mentioned also and is really important for people to understand is that, yeah, that every female is different. So we're going to chat through how you can actually train and adapt your training to your menstrual cycle, but it is really important to understand you need to track your own cycle and start noting down the symptoms that you feel throughout the cycle so that if you do see patterns over your cycle, you can actually start paying more attention and adapting the training to how you personally feel. We can definitely make assumptions about how females are going to feel throughout the cycle because of where their hormones may be at, but we don't know exactly how you are going to feel and everybody does feel different throughout different phases. So for me personally, I feel really good during my follicular phase. Even when I'm on my period, I feel really good. And I do try to push my training 
as soon as I get my period that week, I do try to push my the intensity of my training um, all the way through to ovulation. And it's more around that luteal, late luteal phase where I do tend to pull it back. Whereas I know S doesn't feel great during her period. She feels better during ovulatory phase, even into the early luteal phase, you feel okay, S, and then pulls it back late luteal phase back into the uh, heading back into the start of her menstrual cycle again. So every female is different tracking your cycle, tracking your symptoms, making notes about how you feel, not just physically and energy wise, but also mentally is really important because the last thing you want to be doing is pushing your body into intense training. We're not, you're not actually mentally there or motivated to do it. So over months of tracking, you'll actually hopefully be able to see these patterns of when you feel good mentally, physically, when you feel good, just mentally, maybe not physically, or when you feel good, just physically, not mentally. So yeah, start taking notes about how you feel um, and that will definitely help you be able to take what we're about to talk about and put it into your training and actually how you execute your training as well. So going back to the follicular phase during that low hormone phase broken into those sub three sub phases uh, during this phase, we do tend to try to push our athletes a little bit harder, especially going into ovulation when estrogen is on the rise. So Estrogen is anabolic, meaning that it is really good at helping us build muscle. Um, and during this phase, estrogen can actually help us store more glycogen in our muscles, meaning that we can get energy a lot easier. So during this phase, our bodies are actually able to reach higher intensities a lot easier and we can recover a lot easier as well. So through the follicular phase, if you're a runner, we encourage girls to focus a lot more on their speed work. So if you do two speed sessions throughout the follicular phase a week, that would be awesome. If you're someone who's used to be doing two, you might want to increase it into three, depending on what you're training for. Whereas in the luteal phase, you're going to want to pull that back. And in those speed sessions, you might want to push the intensities a little bit harder. So as an example, in the follicular phase for me, I try to do some interval-based work where we have very little recovery. So it might be, you know, six by 1K, eight by 1K off only 60 seconds recovery. Or we focus on more fartlek sort of sessions where you're alternating that heart rate by pushing it up pretty hard um, and pulling it back to a place where you're not necessarily jogging, but you might just be holding a, um, a what we call a float. So it could be working at 75% of max effort and then only pulling it back to 65% on that float. So it might be one minute on, one minute off, two minutes on, one minute off. Um, but that fartlek based work is actually really good throughout the entire cycle because it's based off effort and energy. Um, but it's really important to understand what that effort should feel like. So yeah, during the follicular phase in your speed sessions, which is the speed session is really the one session a week. We really do try to adapt depending on the hormones, the rest of the training throughout the week may just be based around how you actually feel. Um, still going off the fact you still need rest and recovery days, long run days, steady state days, but it's the speed sessions that we probably pay the most attention to when we're looking at the menstrual cycle. So in the follicular phase, those speed sessions should be higher intensity sessions, K reps, 800 reps, depending on what you're training for, um, fartlek sort of sessions, hill repeats where the heart rate is going up pretty high. 
when we're focusing more on strength-based work through the follicular phase, we want to focus again on more of that higher intensity stuff. So through the menstrual phase, this is really dependent on how you're feeling. So if you're someone who doesn't have too many symptoms during menstruation, um, I don't feel like I have too many symptoms, thankfully, through that menstrual phase. So I do try to push the intensity and lift heavy weights and do more like power strength work. Um, so if you're someone that doesn't have too many symptoms, that's the sort of work you want to be focusing on. You might want to increase your higher and do some high intensity workouts, more burpees, although we don't love burpees, but that's a great time to do it if you're feeling good. And then even moving through the, to the follicular phase and the ovulatory phase, it's very similar where we're focusing on high intensity work, um, heavy strength work. And so it might be three to five sets of four to eight reps. So um, lifting pretty heavy, but doing quite high sets of them. And then going into like plyometric work, power strength work and speed training. So you can definitely adapt not only your running programming to your menstrual cycle, but your strength-based work as well. And um, just a quick plug here, if you are someone who's interested in strength-based work, our incredible trainer, Bex Atwell, at Femi has developed a strength training session that's based off two menstrual cycles um, that you can follow along to your menstrual cycle. And it's a really incredible way to adapt your strength training to your cycle as well. But that's kind of how we approach the follicular phase. I think Generally, most women feel pretty good around ovulation because of that peak in estrogen. So if you're someone who does suffer symptoms through the menstrual phase where you actually are on your period, wait till you get to that follicular phase because you should be feeling pretty good and be able to push that intensity pretty hard around then. Love it. So moving into the luteal phase now. So again, there's that initial dip in estrogen followed by a little rise, but a much larger relative rise in progesterone. So the things that you should probably consider there is uh, the higher core temperature and elevated heart rate that can come alongside progesterone levels. So basically it can make it can make running feel or training feel a little bit harder, uh, again, dependent on the woman. Uh, one of the things that's probably the most important during the luteal phase is that we have reduced recovery. So basically that means as a coach, if you're coaching an athlete, you should promote more recovery during this phase. So what that means for our coaching that we do at FEMI is we tend to focus a little bit more on tempo type work and especially in week three, uh, tempo, you could probably still push it a little bit if you're feeling good, again, dependent on the woman. So we've, we've talked to all our athletes and we know, you know, week three, I, I feel rubbish, week four, I feel great or week three, I feel really good, week four, I feel great. So again, dependent on the woman, but just really promoting that extra recovery uh, in those easy days as well and potentially pulling the sessions back a little bit depending on how she's feeling. So I think just be really mindful and that's why tracking is so important and your athlete should be tracking as well and the coach should be listening to how they're feeling. Uh, but yeah, tempos are a really good uh, option around then. Again, fartlek, similar to what Lydia said. So this is, this is week three of the cycle, the high hormone phase. Uh, so fartlek is good because you can alter the percentage of effort. So it could be, you know, 70% one minute on and then 50% one minute off. So it's a little bit easier than the intensities of the follicular phase. And I think just the main takeaway from, from that week three is to promote more recovery. So instead of just doing 
like Lid said before, adding in that extra speed session, you might be taking it away and giving her an extra recovery day rather than, you know, the two to three speed sessions a week, she could do one to two. Uh, and then moving into the late luteal phase. So that's basically that sort of, if you do suffer from PMS, this is, this is when you'll feel it. So it's when progesterone peaks and then both estrogen and progesterone drop away towards menstruation. So this one's one of the most important parts of her cycle to track and how she feels. Because I know for me, this is the part where I definitely struggle the most, probably two to three days before my period and then up into what days one and two of my period I really do feel um, that the efforts that I'm doing feel a lot harder than the other parts of my cycle again there's ways to sort of beat that yeah depending on how she's feeling I think this is probably the, the most important time to factor in the most recovery so Liz sort of said before you know the follicular phase you're doing that harder work then you go the start of the luteal phase you can do sort of a little bit easier work but promote more recovery and then that late luteal phase so four to five days before your period you can pull it back even more so this is kind of where we factor in you know very light tempo work it could be just short strides and drills focusing on technique and form rather than uh, pushing the heart rate up too high and again just playing with those different intensities and fart leg training and just making sure that she's getting lots of recovery so that by the time she gets her period and hits the next follicular phase, she's got tons of energy feeling she's feeling good and she's recovered and she can push hard again. So it's kind of, I guess that late luteal phase is one of the most important times to really factor in that recovery. So I think the main takeaways there is around factoring in more recovery around the luteal phase and pulling back intensity slightly. So I think Important things to focus on for strength training there is because you feel a little bit, you could feel a little bit more fatigued and your body takes longer to recover. It's better to focus more on hypertrophy strength work where you're not pushing to your maximum like you are in the follicular phase. Because basically if you push your body to maximum in the luteal phase, it's going to take longer to recover and it's going to affect your training more. So focusing more on hypertrophy strength work, such as three sets of eight by 15 reps, and then you can focus on balance and form focus strength work as well. So you're still getting really good training, but you're not quite maxing out like you are in that follicular phase. And then in that late luteal phase, we lose a little bit of coordination as well. So it's quite cool to focus on balance work and stability in that last five, four or five days, because if you can nail it in that phase of your cycle, by the time you go back to the follicular phase, you're going to be amazing at it. So I think, that's kind of what we do with our strength athletes. We're going to focus a little bit more on hypertrophy through the luteal phase. So more reps, lower weight, and then also balance and form focus strength work. And then obviously if you're feeling really, really tired, uh, you can add in more of yoga and Pilates type work, which is just that low intensity, but it's still nice to get your body moving uh, and good for your mental health if you're struggling a little bit there too. So that's kind of how we would focus training around the luteal phase. Uh, versus the follicular yeah and like as you can probably um hear while we talk through everything it's like very dependent on how you feel paying attention to your body but taking that really holistic approach to your training I think that's the main takeaway from everything we do with our athletes and even what we do with ourselves is 
taking an approach to training that is really sustainable and really holistic and really balanced in that we're doing training that makes us feel really good. It helps build our confidence. It it progresses our fitness in a way that is sustainable. So when I say sustainable, I mean, we're not just training really hard to feel really fit and race really well in the next few months or even six months. It's like, let's do everything we can now to build a really strong body and a really strong mind and good relationship with running. That's going to allow us to run really well for the next 10 years versus, you know, the next 10 weeks. And the most important thing for us as coaches at Femi is to encourage people to build running into their lives, to enjoy it and for it to complement everything else that is going on in their lives. And we talk a lot about identity and I guess we've been through our own experiences with being completely obsessed and identifying as runners and that's all we have going on. And we know the dangers of where that can go if you allow it to continue. And I think by paying attention to your body, paying attention to your hormones and taking the right training. It just take, gives you a really healthy perspective on why you run and it allows you to get out of running the best thing that you can, which it should just make you feel good in yourself. It should connect you to other people and it should allow you to live a really happy and healthy life. And I think by understanding your body, that's just one of the tools that we use to do that. So Although we are sitting here and giving you, you know, examples of exactly how to adapt your training to your cycle, the most important thing and key takeaway for anybody listening to this is pay attention to you, focus on yourself, how you feel each day, track your hormones and adapt your training to actually how you feel over time. And I know initially that could be really hard, but it, it is something where you have to put in the work early to understand your body and see those patterns, but it's 100% worth it. If you have any questions on adapting your training to your cycle, understanding your cycle a little bit more, and I'm sure there will be plenty, we're not medical experts and we're not health professionals, so we're not going to give medical or health advice out, but we do have experts in our team that can do that. Um, but if you have any general questions around training and approaching your training in the right way, definitely get in touch with us. We're here to help people, even if you aren't a FEMI member, and come to us and ask us questions because the most important thing for us is to allow females to feel good in themselves and feel empowered in their bodies. And we're more than willing to help any woman to do that. So hit us up on Instagram at femi.co or head to our website, femi.co, send us a message and we'll get back to you with some, hopefully some guidance to allow you to um, approach your training in a really healthy way. That's more built and personal for you. But I think that's all we have for you today. Again, hit us up on Instagram if you want. Our link is in the show notes. We will be back next week with another amazing guest. As per usual, every second week, we're interviewing incredible females from all over the world. We have a special guest next week, so come back for that one. But in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate every single one of you, and we'll chat to you all soon.